Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Find us over at pathdesign.com. Reach out to us at email. You remember email? Some people do. Pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. And of course here on our YouTube channel as well. Facebook and all those things. Look, it's been about 10 seconds since I wrapped up recording part one of our ongoing series, which will end today, Angels, Sandals, and Deliverance, which is what? A comparison of Passover and Acts chapter 12. We talked about in part one, we just read Acts 12, and ironically, Exodus 12 in part, side by side, and, and I explain about how the, the similarities, of course, the timing, we're told in Acts chapter 12 that the unfolding of Peter's arrest is right during, in the midst of, the days of unleavened bread. And, and Passover, Pesach, or depending on your vantage point, the days of Passover. And just the, 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 the similarities are, are quite noticeable when we stop and read it through that lens. And of course, as I shared, what, what really harnessed my attention, attention the most was when the angel speaks to Peter and says, gird yourself, get dress yourself, put on your sandals. Your deliverance is, is about to come. And that, of course, sent me to Exodus 12, where we read almost verbatim, when you're eating the Passover meal, cloak, uh, clothe yourselves, gird up your loins, depending on the version you read, tie on your sandals, your deliverance is on the other side. Man, it's the next moment. Get ready to go. So, so let's get back to Acts 12 for a moment as we uh, just move through this and bring it to a probably brief conclusion here for part two. An angel is present, okay? And again, we're comparison for a few more moments of, of the Passover event and Acts chapter 12 specifically with Peter's arrest and deliverance. An angel is present, okay? Per usual, okay, this is a biblical pattern. For one, it means deliverance, okay? <laughs> and for another, it means judgment. Um, how do we know this in this case? Well, we know that the angel comes and it brings a message of instruction for Peter, do these things and get ready to go. And then he followed him out. Um, deliverance, obviously. Verse 19 of Acts chapter 12, when Herod had searched for Peter and had not found him, he examined the guards in order that they be led away to execution. So again, because of the act of deliverance, Yahweh comes um, the, the angel sets Peter free, and there is a judgment upon these guards. They, their lives are taken. We know, of course, um, in the account of the Exodus, does that even need mentioned? Yahweh, the Elohim of all, El, of all Elohims, made his name great. He was greatly magnified in the, in, in the event of destroying the, the Egyptians, the enemies of his people. It was a, quite a showing. Um, and so... When an angel is present, oftentimes in the Bible, we see deliverance for one and judgment for another. Now, a gate supernaturally opens by itself to allow Peter to walk through. I just want to highlight some of these things, and, and I'm, you're going to understand why in just a minute here. Um, now, many people, of course, would, would love this, this level, if you will, of supernatural activity, right? I mean, if you're a... If you're a Bible-believing follower of Yeshua, surely, and you know you you understand anything about all the supernatural acts and and events within this this entire word of Elohim, surely you'd be like, man, 
how incredible would this be to have this kind of experience that, that Peter went through? Um, now, now, many people speak of, of, how, of how incredible this type of thing is and even seek it out, you know, supernatural um, interference or something, we'll call it, where, where heaven meets earth in like a supernatural, cannot be explained any other way, way. <laughs> um, but this, and, and I'll just talk to this point for just a minute. When I went through like my, my, my wind of uh, prophetic type of supernatural um, version of my walk, it was a, several years, I saw so many people um, like that that were just uh, captivated with how do we, how what do we need to do? What do we need to do? What mute, what song do we play? What key do we play it in? What how do we dim the lights? <laughs> what do we need to do to to manufacture an environment where where we enter the supernatural realm? And friends, I'm just going to tell you. And and again, man, this could be podcast. This could be a ten part podcast. And I have to say this: I had a season in my life of incredible, incredible supernatural activity. Incredible. When I was when I was regenerated, born again, moved from death to life. When I encountered Messiah for real, y'all, I had days that most people would look at me probably like, "Okay, Joel." If you say so, brother, I'm telling you, I had things that could not be explained, okay? But I wasn't in a, a gathering of a thousand people in a tent meeting with, you know, people slathering me with oil and slapping me on the face and knocking me into the ground. I was at home by myself. And I'm not saying it has to happen that way, but I was home by myself. I've encountered I've encountered the Lord and in, in, in different things that are unexplainable in other people with other people in gatherings of course but i'm just saying like i i feel very i feel like i can speak to that point because man for for several years i was within a lot of gatherings where people were so desiring supernatural god we need to see you we want to see your glory send your fire we've talked about that over over the course of this year even specifically the danger of saying send your fire send your fire purge me burn me oh man do we know what we're saying in our cry for for this overlap of supernatural and natural are we number one are we following a biblical pattern in doing that, I don't know where that is. And number two, what are we what are we really asking for and do we even know? So without talking about that too much more, but many people talk and there's, you know, there's these segregated groups within the body at large that are maybe really fascinated with certain pieces and compartments. And, you know, we, we all know that we've experienced it. And we could talk about that all day. But many people seek out, my point is, like this, this activity that was going on with the angel and Peter and gates opening all by themselves, and, and he, he wraps himself with his clothes and, and he seems to go out unnoticed. There are many people who are like, oh yeah, oh, if we could only walk in such a level of supernatural activity. But I don't really hear anybody talking about what these men like Peter had to endure to get to this place, okay? To use this text alone as our guide, 
Okay, let's go um, Acts chapter 11. Well, let, let's talk about this just for a minute, still, before I go there. Do we think about what these men had to endure? Okay? We could go through a list of, of individuals in the Bible of, of men who had just these incredible... Okay, Stephen. To, let's, let's go to the end of Stephen's life. The last few minutes of Stephen's life, he, he looks up. Again, forget momentarily everything that's going on in the natural. He is beholding Yeshua, <laughs> the, the, the king of all kings, seated in throne, standing up to receive him. Okay, now, now again, put your put your blinders on towards everything that preceded that, and say, "Oh, I want that. Oh my gosh, to have that moment." Okay, friend, are you willing to do what Stephen did? Are you willing to stand there in front of the the leaders of all leaders and go through the like the entire capital S scriptures that led up to that moment, and then see men seething with rage? picking up stones, and literally taking your life by being beaten with rocks. That's what he had to go through to have this encounter, this supernatural deliverance. Peter. Peter, oh man, if we could, oh man, to be cloaked in invisibility and walk through walls and go through chains fall off and oh, to, oh if we could only be like that. Okay, friend, are you willing to be beaten? Are you willing to be dragged through a city and put on public humiliation display to say, look at this man following the king of the Jews? Heretic! Called all these things that you're not even. He, you know, these, these things we know about followers of the way on the other side of Messiah. Even Messiah himself, he hates the temple. He's here to destroy it. You heard what he said. He hates the law of Moses. We talked about that in the Paul series. When we talked about all the Pauline misunderstanding that he faced. Oh, he, the accusations proven false. Accusations proven false. Accusations proven false. Yes, but he still had to go through the process of the accusation, of the assault, of physical harm of imprisonment and chains and nights in <laughs> chained to the floor, friend. So if we're going to talk about this awesome deliverance, are we talking about it fully? Are we talking about what it takes for a man or a woman or even a child to be at a place of proper preparation to endure what comes in order for the deliverance to happen? Again, let's go back to Passover. Let's go to the deliverance in the sea. Friends, there's a lot more going on than just jubilation and deliverance. Passover was horrible. Horrible. Imagine the cries of your Egyptian neighbors as they woke up and their firstborn son is dead on the floor. Do you think, I mean, people, there are people who would be like, yeah, you better believe they were excited. I don't believe the children of Israel were excited that the Egyptians' firstborn sons were dead. I don't think that's how it worked. These are real life people. Humans dying at every turn. Animals dead in the field. Death. Is death exciting? Even when it's your enemy? 
what do what do we see? They fall on their faces and they say, "Oh, great God, you're our deliverer. If it weren't for you, this is where we'd be, and this is what we deserve." By the way, so <laughs> I'm going all over the place, but these things need thought through in in fullness. In fullness. What have those who have gone before us, what have they had to endure in order to see the deliverance of the Father? Let us think fully towards these things because we are no different and we cannot just supersede all of the the suffering and persecution just to get to some reward. It doesn't work that way. We're not exempt from all these trials. If we understand, and that's why rapture doctrine and rapturology, <laughs> I think I just made that word up, my rapturitis stuff that I put on people. They, you have rapturitis. You just want out. Yeshua learned obedience through the things he suffered. Yeah, but he did that so I don't have to, brother. No way. No way. And that, oh, that, that lights my fire. So I, I got to keep moving. What does I, what does I say? Moving on. Moving on. All right, so let's start moving to a, to a conclusion here. To use the text as our guide, Acts chapter 11 ends by informing us that some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Now, uh, verse 27 is where it says it. At this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Okay, so why am I mentioning that? Well, we know Herod's coming down. Okay, the enemy's coming, and he's coming to what? To persecute and, and kill and imprison followers of the way. But, equally so, and even in this case, right beforehand, guess what? Yahweh's sending prophets. We know the Word of God tells us that what? He does nothing without first announcing it, declaring it to his prophets. Okay? It's a biblical pattern. It should bring us comfort. Real prophets now. Real ones. Not the ones I see when I turn on YouTube. But to use the text as our guide, Acts 11 ends by informing us that some prophets came down from Jerusalem. Now, there's this one guy, Agabus. We've heard him as Agabus. But I would like to say his name for how it was best I can tell. Um, pronounced then, it's Agabus. He appears again in Acts chapter 21. He informs uh, people that Paul would be captured and bound. You know that account about, like, he ties, I think he ties his belt on him. Like, look, whoever's going to wear this belt, whoever wears this belt... He's going to be captured and imprisoned. That's the same guy, Agabus, Agabus, whatever. So, again, we see the, the end of what we have written in compartments of Acts chapter 11. Yahweh sends his prophets, and then Herod. Then he shows up, okay? Um, I want to propose our last pattern, really, in this, in this series, um, from these two individuals, the prophets and the enemies. Yahweh always sends his prophets, like what we see in both Passover and the account of Peter in Acts chapter 12. We see, we see the hand of the Lord in complete control of all facets, of everything that's going on within this event, whatever it is we extract out of the Word. We see he has his men who are, again, obedient. Because look, you know, look at Jonah. Jonah's a, a fly in the ointment to the to the to the system that Yahweh intends. Now he eventually, all oh, right, gosh, I'll go tell him, okay? But but you, do you see the importance of our obedience? Whether prophet, whatever function we have within the greater body at large, 
Our individual obedience is of utmost importance to the whole in its entirety. When did the deliverance come? For, again, Passover and for Peter in Acts chapter 12. After the persecution, after the pursuit, okay? After the bondage, after being enslaved, after, you understand, after the suffering, deliverance came. So we have to ask ourselves, and this is where we get to the culmination of why we're even talking about this, because as, as I said, personal application is, is, I believe, very important. Do we really want to be positioned on this level of dependence upon Father's supernatural intervention on our behalf? We all want the parting of the seas. We all want chains to supernaturally fall off, and a light illuminates our location, and a gate opens by itself. But do we want equally what what has to happen to posture us and position us for those things to be real? To be even necessary? That's a valid question. Let me just read what I wrote verbatim again. We have to ask ourselves, do we really want to be so positioned to be on this level of supernatural dependence upon Father's intervention on our behalf? Seems like a good question to me. So in culmination, today, let's strive to establish some of the things that we see in this section of biblical text. Let's listen like Peter did. The angel, because again, Peter said he didn't, we're told in this account, he didn't even know if he was awake. Is this a vision? Because remember, he had a vision before about the animals, clean, unclean. He tells Yahweh, I'm not eating that. Do you understand the severity of that? That is how important clean and unclean is. There are no unclean foods. There's food that is clean, and there's unclean animals. Okay? There aren't, there's no discrepancy with that. It's very clear in the Word of God. And so what? Peter, of course, he's perplexed. He, he struggles with that. We've talked about that on the program before as well. He says, oh, this isn't even about animals. This is about men. Ah, humans. (laughs) Has nothing to do with food. This is Yahweh speaking to me via an example I can understand. (laughs) My 10-year-old son can understand that. But what is is happening? A a stopping and a, a meditating upon instruction, counsel, commands. Until understanding comes, whether it's quick or whether it takes a little bit of time. Father's patient with us, thankfully, with me. But we must listen like Peter did. Put on your shoes. Okay. Put on your clothes. All right. Wrap yourself in your cloak. Okay. Follow me. Yes, I will. We saw the same thing the last episode with Philip and the Ethiopian. Philip, angel says, go here. Spirit says, go here. Now go there. Okay? Like, yes. Amen. Yes. So be it. I will. Shema. Hear? Obey. So let us listen. Let us listen to Yeshua again, because there's there's this imagery here. The angel comes to Peter, and there's a light present alongside the angel. There's a light in the cell. We can be given counsel and instruction. And sometimes we're going to have to be in a position of persecution, bondage. 
in order to posture us to rightly hear what we need to hear for our deliverance to come. There's so many layers uh, to us within this. We could talk about more. But let us also be like the called out assembly that were gathered together for what? The feast, the days of unleavened bread, Passover, Pesach, was being memorialized. The people in Yeshua, filled with Holy Spirit from Acts chapter 2. In that tiny epoch of time that we talk about on the program here all the time, first, second, first, second century, there was a purity to the body of Messiah. There was a purity there in that called out assembly that has been lost. That, that's, like, that's what I call the fullness generation. The fullness, man. Those, man, that, that small amount of people. Oh, man, they had the fullness. Feasts, Sabbath. Law and the prophets, the fulfillment of Yeshua Messiah just came. And he just ascended and Holy Spirit, as promised, just came. The helper. Ah, man, I'm jealous for that, that, that tiny little epoch of time. But Father has me here for a reason. I believe to help point us back to it. <laughs> so there, there are many layers. They're praying for Peter. They're gathered together for, for the feast. They're doing the Moedim cycle just like their, their forefathers and their ancestors who told them for all generations, for all generations. <laughs> Yahweh's counsel contains our deliverance. As we see with Peter, the Spirit will direct us towards our deliverance. We too may even think that sometimes maybe it's merely a dream. Is this even real? That time might be for us. I'm pretty sure it's for our children. But first, we must get dressed. To use the imagery in the Word of God to make some metaphors, we must get dressed. We must put on our sandals. We must be readied to leave, friend. Are you ready to leave? Are you kicked back flipping channels at 10 at night, half asleep, not even thinking about spiritual things? Are we scrolling our phones? Oh, yawn. Or are we saying, no, I'm going to be sober. I'm going to be alert. I'm going to be awake. Oh, yeah, the bridegroom's coming. Where's the oil? (laughs) We must be dressed. We must have our sandals on. We are in bondage here. (laughs) Some know it, many don't. We're already in bondage in many ways. And this is why feasts and Sabbath are so incredible. (laughs) They're cyclical reminders for me. And for any others who give themselves to it. Year after year, this cycle comes and goes. Reminders that we're called to be what? Sojourners, travelers. Like those saints who have gone before us who understood, I am waiting for another land, a better country. It's out there. And I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm not going to sit down and enjoy bondage like, like the grumblers did in Egypt. Man, just fill my belly with some good food and I'll be fine. Let us not be that way, friend. What do we need? What do we need today in order to be found ready for our deliverance? That's a question we need to sit down and really think about. Think about, think towards. What do we need to do today to prepare ourselves? What does it look like to get clothed, to gird our loins, to tie our sandals? What does it look like for us today, right here, right now, for your household, for your own self, 
for your household, your children, your wife, your congregation of believers, whether it's formal or whether it's a network of people or whatever it looks like, whoever's across the table from you with regularity, friend, your neighbors, Christian believers who are just negligent to in, in pure ignorance in an innocent way, just they've never heard about this stuff. I don't know. I, I'm just waiting for Beulah land. That's, that's hordes of people, friend. How do we, first, we individually rouse ourselves from our slumber via what Father brings to us to continually say, hey, to use this imagery, the angel saying, hey, son, wake up. Wake up. Get dressed. It's time to go. Deliverance is nigh. <laughs> do we even need deliverance from our present circumstances? Or are we cool here? I kind of like it here. I like patriotic Christian American living. Gets me a discount down at the buffet, man, when I take my church bulletin. I'm wealthy. I got a great job. My kids have nice clothes. We got all that we need. We don't even need delivered. Friends, that's a whole other problem we could make a series out of. That's a problem in and of itself. <laughs> so do we even need Deliverance from our present circumstances. Or are we just cruising? No persecution, no trouble, no trial, no testing? It's a valid question. In absolute conclusion, friends, let's devour the scriptures. Let's just, I'm saying this to myself, I want my spare time, even when I'm not studying, to just be reading. Excuse me, because when I read, oh, like this, that's how this came. Let's continue to allow this, this supernatural book, friends, to continue to mold us, shape us, change us, conform us into the likeness of the Son. He is a good shepherd. I want to be his humble, obedient follower. So, in this Passover, Acts 12 with Peter and his imprisonment, we see angels. We see sandals. We see deliverance. We see a whole lot of other things. We've touched on a few things. I hope it's encouraged you. If nothing else, man. Maybe. Maybe something. It's the Word of God. It's not like our opinion. Go to that. Or just read it for yourself. Write your own notes towards it. There is plenty for us to learn and to add to our lives. But my biggest thing is I just want us to be a people who sit back and read the Word of God and say, All right, Father, what does this mean to me? What does this mean to me and where I am? and what I'm doing, and what I'm not doing yet that you wish I was, that you're waiting for me to do. <laughs> and so, thank you for watching the program. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way, man. We're looking back to know what to do right now, and to know where we're headed, because we have been told. So thank you for watching. If you want to reach out to us and send us an email, talk to us about coming to visit or us coming to visit you. We would love to do that. We met people at the, the Shiloh gathering the other night. Um, man, I love, I just love talking to the body. I love saying, what are you doing? How, what are you studying? What do you do here? You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just strange like that. But So reach out to us. That's the way to do it. Uh, via Facebook, of course, or pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. So hopefully content will continue to come out. I never make any promises. Like I said, I've got a couple studies I've been doing that are pretty much done. I just need time to sit down and tweak them a little bit, and they'll make it on here. Um, but for whatever reason um, you have come here today, I thank you. 
uh, for watching. May the Father help us to find His way and be willing to be ones who are enduring to the end. Because uh, that's what we are called to do, and that is how we will be saved, by enduring to the end. Thank you for watching.